Hey brothers and sisters, thanks for tuning in. I know I was supposed to do this podcast on Friday. I'm sorry for those of you who are waiting for it. Um, and I'm late. Truth be told, I'm just going through some, through some things in my life. And uh, I could use your guys' prayers. And if any of you have any prayer requests, please send them my way. Be happy to pray for you guys as well. I wanted to speak tonight about a passage in the Old Testament, Hosea chapter 12, verse 10. It says, I spoke to the prophets, gave them many visions, and told parables through them. This is the New International Version. I prefer this one, especially in regards to this scripture, for parables are something the Lord's given me. Prophecy is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's one of many listed. There are plenty of others. I feel like Jonah, because the Lord put something in my mouth, and I've just been sitting on it for several years now. I've told it to small groups of people in my Bible study when I was in prison. Most of you aren't familiar with my testimony. I'll be happy to give it later on in further podcast. That's a long story, though. Nathan gave David a parable when David strayed and murdered Bathsheba's husband in order to cover his sin of adultery and fornication. He heard that parable. It spoke to his heart. Jesus was fond of giving parables as well. He gave over 40 of them in the New Testament. He only explained two of them to his apostles. And that's when they asked for clarification. A parable is more than just a story. There's embedded truths, prophetic words in those stories and stories are a great way to teach because who doesn't like a story right I mean, you can speak to a group of people all walks of life people who might not be able to read or write and some um, who may maybe scribes or religious leaders Jesus spoke to large groups of people and they could all comprehend the story and they all took away something from it some understood it some did not For some, the kingdom, the mystery of the kingdom of heaven was revealed to those who sought after it. To others, it was concealed. So I'm going to tell you guys a parable. This was given to me a few years back. The words were put in my mouth. I'm not reading it off a paper. Uh, It was committed to my mind when he spoke it through me, along with the interpretation Sad to say, because I've been sitting on it, I've kind of grown rusty in what he's uh, given me, but I'm trying to shake the rust off right now. I've been quiet for too long. So here he goes. A messenger entered a town. As he entered the town, he came across a farmer on his tractor tending to the crops of his field. He said, good sir, I've come to give you a message. 
I've come to tell you that there's a storm coming. It is not just any storm. It is a firestorm and there's a tornado coming with it. I urge you to abandon your tractor and follow me to the storm shelter where you'll be protected, safe, and secure. And the man said, I still have to gather in my harvest. If I don't do it, who's going to do it? Besides, the sun is shining, the birds are chirping. There is no storm coming, you foolish messenger. Leave me now. I wish to hear no more of your foolishness. So the messenger left. He continued through the town where he came across a man on his riding lawnmower mowing his grass. He said, good sir, I have come to tell you a message. I have come to tell you that there is a storm coming. It is not just any storm, it is a firestorm and there is a tornado coming with it. I urge you to abandon your property and follow me to the storm shelter where you will be protected, safe and secure. The man said, this is Kentucky blue grass that I'm mowing here. If I don't mow it, who's going to mow it? Besides, the sun is shining, the birds are chirping. There's no storm coming, you foolish messenger. Leave me now. Wish to hear no more of your foolishness. So the messenger left. He continued through the town where he came across a young man washing his car. He said, young man, I've come to give you a message. I've come to tell you that there's a storm coming. It is not just any storm, it is a firestorm, and there's a tornado coming with it. I urge you to abandon your car and follow me to the storm shelter where you'll be protected, safe, and secure. And the young man said, I still got to wax my car. I got a hot date tonight. Besides, the sun is shining, the birds are chirping. There's no storm coming, you foolish messenger. Get away from me. So the messenger left. He then came across a husband and wife enjoying a picnic in the park. He addressed them both. He said, Sir, ma'am, I have come to give you a message. I have come to tell you that there is a storm coming. It is not just any storm. It is a firestorm and there is a tornado coming with it. I urge you to abandon your picnic and follow me to the storm shelter where you will be protected, safe, and secure. And they, with one accord, said, We are enjoying our food and we are enjoying each other. Besides, the sun is shining, the birds are chirping. There is no storm coming, you foolish messenger. Leave me now. Wish to hear no more of your foolishness. So the messenger left. He continued through the town where he came across a large group of people enjoying a concert in a park. He got their attention and he addressed them. He said, brothers, sisters, I've come to give you a message. I've come to tell you that there is a storm on the horizon. It is not just any storm. It is a firestorm and there's a tornado coming with it. I urge you to abandon this concert and follow me to the storm shelter where you'll be protected, safe, and secure. And they, with one accord, said, Oh, foolish messenger, the sun is shining, the birds are chirping, there's no storm on the horizon. Some began to mock him, others began to beat him. All in all, they treated him very unjustly. So the messenger continued through the town, where he came across a poor widow having a garage sale in her front yard. He said, ma'am, I've come to give you a message. I have come to tell you that there is a storm coming. It is not just any storm. It is a firestorm and there is a tornado coming with it. I urge you to abandon your belongings, gather your children, and follow me to the storm shelter where you will be protected, safe, and secure. The woman said to herself, Although the sun is shining and the birds are chirping, I see no reason why this messenger would lie to me. I'm going to believe him. 
So she gathered her children, she abandoned her belongings, and she followed the messenger to the storm shelter. After she did this, all the people following the garage sale signs to her house arrived at her house and said, Oh, foolish woman, to put up signs directing strangers to her house for a garage sale and then to leave all her stuff unsupervised? She just wants us to steal her stuff. So they looted all her belongings and left her with nothing. Then the storm came. The farmer had the privilege of seeing his precious crops uprooted before his very eyes, before he and his tractor were also uprooted, never to be seen or heard from ever again. The man on the riding lawnmower had the privilege of seeing his precious grass wither before his very eyes, before he and his riding lawnmower also withered away, never to be seen or heard from ever again. The young man washing his car tried to take shelter from the storm in his car, so he had the privilege of dying in it. He and his car were never seen or heard from ever again. The husband and wife enjoying the picnic in the park had the privilege of having their food turned to ash in their mouth before they also turned to ash and returned to the ground from which they came from, never to be seen or heard from ever again. All the people enjoying the concert in the park had the privilege of listening to music as the storm overcame them. None of them were ever seen or heard from ever again. All the people who called the widow foolish and stole from her were swept up by the storm. None of them were ever seen or heard from ever again. The widow and her son survived the storm. They were saved. That's the end of this parable. There's much meaning embedded here, if any of you are able to discern it. Pray for discernment. Seek understanding. It shall be given to you. I'll discuss the meaning in a minute. If you guys want to turn off the podcast or pause it and see if you can give the correct interpretation before you hear it from my mouth, feel free to do so. I'm going to read a scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18 before I give the interpretation that was given to me when that parable was put in my mouth. You'll never hear this from anyone else. You'll never read that story anywhere else, for it is mine alone. And it was given to me from above. Here goes the verse. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligent of the intelligent I will frustrate. Excuse me. The intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has 
God not made the foolishness, the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demanded signs and Greeks looked for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God, for the foolishness of God is wiser than the human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. So before I give this interpretation, I'll say this. The wisdom of this world shall be proven foolishness on that day when the storm comes. And what the world considers to be foolishness shall be proven wisdom. So you have a town, you have a messenger, you have a storm shelter, you have various people who heard the message, and then you have the storm. So Jesus illustrated how the parables worked by interpreting two of them to his apostles. If you break that down, like if you literally just break it down piece by piece and say, all right, what does this represent? What does this mean? There's just so much to glean from it, but it comes down to this. The town represents the world. The messenger represents the gospel of Jesus Christ that entered the world. The storm shelter represents the kingdom of heaven. The various town people represent those who heard the message that went through the world and either rejected it or in the case of the widow and her children, they believed, they accepted it. They heard and they believed and they act accordingly. They followed him for it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The storm represents the second coming of Jesus Christ. It is not just any storm on the horizon. It is a firestorm and there's a tornado coming with it. And I'm telling you all right now, it's coming. The blueprints of the storm are right there in the last book of the Bible. It's called the book of Revelation. He tells you how it's coming, how it's going to play out. The farmer, interestingly enough, it says he had the privilege of seeing his precious crops whom he put before the message and before God uprooted before his very eyes before he and his tractor were also uprooted never to be seen or heard from ever again. It means he lost his business before he lost his life. See, whatever we put before God is considered an idol. He requires to be first in our life, the first love above our children, above our family, above ourselves, above our own lives. For he who seeks to save his life will lose it. And he who is willing to lose it for the gospel's sake will find it. The man on the riding lawnmower had the privilege of seeing his precious grass wither before his very eyes, before he and his riding lawnmower also withered away, never to be seen or heard from ever again. You see, he had the privilege of seeing his property, his beloved property, taken away from him before he lost his life, yet still he did not repent, turn, and give God glory. God removed those idols. He removed the business from the farmer. He 
he made the, the man who loved his property so much homeless, yet still they did not repent. Read the last few chapters of Revelation. I believe it's in 17 or 18. We're, we're now at the judgments of God. They went through the seven seals. They went through the seven trumpets. And they're now on the seven bowls of wrath. Not cups, bowls. And it says, when those things are poured out onto the earth, they're no longer not even acknowledging that they, they're coming from God. They, they acknowledge that these things come from God. For it says they curse the God who has power over these things and they repent not. In their pride and stubbornness, they would rather hold on to that than seek forgiveness and admit they were wrong. The young man washing his car had the privilege of dying in his car because he had time to seek it says the young man tried to take shelter in the storm from his car before he, he uh, excuse me when I try to get into the middle of the parable rather than just flow from the beginning it takes me a second the young man tried to take shelter from the storm in his car so he had the privilege of dying in it so he had time to take shelter in the storm shelter yet he chose to take shelter in his material possessions as if they would save him don't put your faith in anything except Jesus Christ. If you put your faith in money, if you feel you're secure because you have a lot of belongings or you have influential friends, I promise you one day each one of these things will fail you or God will remove them from your life until you understand that true security is found in Jesus Christ. That's where true peace comes from, a peace that surpasses any understanding. Literally, the world could be on fire with a firestorm and you could be whistling through the storm because you know who you're walking with it says the husband and wife had the privilege of having their food turned to ash in their mouth before they also turned to ash and returned to the ground from which they came from it means they suffered through famine before they lost their lives yet still they did not repent see they love food more than they love God Rather than eat the bread of life and living water and make his word their food, they like the pleasures of the flesh and also they put each other before they put God. Sometimes we could put our spouses before the Lord. You know, we have to be able to recognize that. Like, he's first and God is love. If you put him first, you're able to love everybody else that much more. I had a celly in prison once, this is a side note. He wasn't a believer, but he, you know, he was searching. He was open to discussion, and I was talking to him. I'm like, hey, man, you need to make God your first love. You know? And he's like, you're asking me to love my kids less. And I said, no. I just said, I'm asking you to love God more. And by doing so, once you're introduced to true love, you'll be able to love your kids that much more, even though they're second place. All right, back to the discussion of the parable. So the individuals who are enjoying the concert represent those who would rather listen to music than hear the word of God being spoken. They would rather hear noise created and made by man than the one who formed the stars with his very voice and listen to the one who calls them forth by name. Who knows how many grains of sand there are on the sea how many hairs are on each one of your heads? 
the one who had your name written on the palm of his hand before the foundations of this earth were put in place. The one who sang over you as he knitted you together in your mother's womb. The one who's calling you back to him if you're feeling far right now, if you're in that distant country. The individuals who stole from the widow represent those who love sin more than they love God. There's a storm coming, brothers and sisters. Make sure you're standing in the storm shelter when it hits. You don't want to be caught off guard. Revelations, I believe it's chapter... I don't have any notes with me. I'm just trying to pull it out of my head. I think it's chapter 15, verse 16. Yeah, I believe so. It says... Take care to keep your garments upon you lest you go naked and everybody see your shame. Be ready when that day comes. Look forward to it. Rejoice. For when the rest of the world is mourning, we shall be rejoicing. Be as the widow. For God has a special affection in the Bible, if you notice, for widows and the fatherless, the single mothers. He says, I will be her husband. I will be their father. A lot of, oftentimes, I guess, when they're in that position, they're, they're more likely to depend on God rather than depend on themselves. You know, me being a, a drug, drug addict and coming from the walk of life that I did, um, and by that I mean the choices that I made and the consequences that I have to suffer through, uh, it's easier for me to know that I can't do it alone and that I am not righteous and I'm in need of a savior. Um, and I need help. And he's, he's always there for you. His mercy's made new every day. I'm, for one, super grateful for that. So on Friday, when I was supposed to be doing this podcast, I chose to go for a motorcycle ride instead. <laughs> I laid my bike down, I think, close to midnight when the day ended. See, I had a responsibility. He says, to whom is given much, much is required. And he's given me a lot, and I've been... I've just been sitting on what he's given me. I feel like Jonah, and he's chased me down and brought me back. And I tried to run from him with my gift. He told me to do something. But I'm trying to be obedient now. Even though I stray a lot. What a merciful father we serve. I love you guys. God bless. Tune in next Friday. Bye.